Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to discuss cookies and printer ink. I'll be the guesser today, and Paige will be the researcher. Let's get rebutted. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Paige. How goes? Oh, man. November, <laughs> COVID, final season, Thanksgiving. I know. It's kicking my yeah. butt, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's okay, because we're going to talk about something that you like and something that I like today, so it'll make both of us happy. I'm very excited. What are we talking about? Well, for starters, we're going to talk about cookies. Wow. What is a cookie to you? To me, a cookie is, it can be a lot of things, but I think of a somewhat small piece of pastry that's made with flour, typically, but not always. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's basically a small, usually, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> What okay. even is a cookie? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. You're doing a, a fine. Co- a cookie is a semi-leavened pastry that has carbohydrates, sugar, and fat. And it's made in different proportions that make it a cookie instead of, say, a pie crust or a cake. Uh, typically, it has baking soda. Yeah, you're correct. You should be the one to write the dictionary definition. Oh, my God. Because according to Oxford Dictionary, a cookie is defined as a small sweet cake, typically round and flat and having a crisp or chewy texture. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, but there's so many different types of cookies. So I can't wait to jump into this. We're going to get into that in a bit, but a little controversy first. Okay. According to Wikipedia, a lot of bars can be classified as cookies. Mm. Uh, On the Wikipedia page for cookies, uh, they use date squares, for example. But they also classify things like lemon bars and brownies as cookies. Uh Uh-uh. But hang on. And then on the Wikipedia page for brownies, which I ended up on, they define brownies as a sheet cake. I I have feelings about that, too. (laughs) What are your feelings? It is, it's more cake, sure. Uh, I would not call it a sheet cake. A sheet cake, you usually bake on a large sheet, where a brownie, you typically put it in a brownie pan. Well, regardless, I think the FDA needs to get involved here, if they haven't already. Did you look up the FDA definition of cookie? I tried to, and it did not help me any more than the Oxford definition did. What did it say? 
It's essentially the same thing, but it takes out the cake part. Yeah, I agree with that, because I don't, I don't think of cookies as cakes. Yeah, that's understandable. Now, you can alter a cake to make them into cookies, and then you have a cakey cookie. That's a thing. Well, let's talk about the classifications of cookies. Okay. There are three main ones. Do you think you can name them? Um, I'm trying to think of what you're talking about right now. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. I think you've named one, and I've definitely named one. Bless you. Bless you. And bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, uh, give it your best shot. Okay. Down. Bar? Okay. Is that one of them? Yes. Okay. Um, drop? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm trying to think of the name for when it's like a refrigerated... Well, they're all refrigerated, but like a refrigerated dough that you cut, like I guess a a rolled out shaped. Not sure what the classification is actually called. It, I mean, they're usually closer to a sugar cookie than any other type of cookie, but they don't have to be. I'm gonna call it cutout. Okay, you got two out of three of them right. Okay. So the first one is the drop cookie, which is what we usually think of when we're making like chocolate chip cookies. You like make the dough, you plop it on the pan, you stick it in the oven. Yeah, I, I have a lot of feelings about chocolate chips cookies. Don't call it chocolate chips cookie. <laughs> I hate that more than anything. The next one is called bar cookie, which is what brownies and lemon bars and stuff are classified as. You just cook them all on one big sheet or tray, and then when you're done, you pop them out of the oven and cut them out. This is also called a tray bake. Okay. Um, the one that you were talking about with, like, you stick it in the fridge and cut it out, that is a classification, but it's not, like, one of the big classifications. There's actually, like, I think between, like, 10 and 15 minor classifications of cookies. I could absolutely imagine that. Yeah. Last major one is filled cookies. Oh! Yeah, where, okay. like, you roll up some cookie dough, you fill it with, like, jelly or fudge or something, and an example of this would be hamatashin. Wow. <laughs> or, say, a linzer tart. Oh, I was I was going to list linzer tart as an example, but I looked it up, and it classifies as a sandwich cookie. Oh, that makes which sense. Is, yeah, yeah, which is, like, yeah. a right. class. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking of linzer tarts because I really like linzer tarts. I really like hamantaschen. I know you do. So many people only have really bad hamantaschen and they're like, I don't like hamantaschen, but that's because like you're getting it from ShopRite. You got to make your own. You got to find a recipe that works. For anyone that's wondering, Rachel makes really good hamantaschen. Oh, are you just saying that? No, I've tried them. They're really good. Uh, so yeah, there's like a bunch of other different cookie classifications, like sandwich cookies, like I mentioned. Um, I think mold cookies were one of them, like... Okay. Extrude them through something. Yeah. But those are the major ones. What is a cookie called outside North America? Galleta. Oh, you're talking about like <laughs> in Britain. Okay. Um. Galleta. Biscuits. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I almost spilled my coffee. I don't know. I just like thought of the first language that I know. <laughs> I mean, good. 
you've retained some of the Spanish we learned in high school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, crispy cookies, like elsewhere, that's not North America, typically the UK, they're called biscuits. Yeah. But if the cookie is still chewy, they still call them cookies. Like a Chips Ahoy red package would still be considered a cookie, you know? But what if like you bake a chocolate chip cookie that's crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside? Oh, and then we have a conundrum. Right. So how do they handle that? I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask someone from England. Ooh, I know who I'm going to ask. Who are you going to ask? I'm going to ask a friend. Okay. Where did the word cookie originate from? I've known this before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I know it right now. Mm-hmm. So the word cookie originates from somebody who cooked something. They cooked up some sugary dough. Okay. They gave it to their child. Okay. And their child said, cookie. You're getting more into the history of cookies, to be honest. (laughs) But (laughs) so to figure this one out, we have to consider like the Americanized version and like the everywhere else version of cookie. The reason cookie is more exclusive for the rest of the world, why they think it's like only chewy is because for the rest of the world, the word cookie originated in Scotland, but it meant a soft, plain bun rather than what we think of today. Give me all your soft, plain bun. <laughs> Fun fact, in Middle Scottish, one of the pronunciations of cookie was cucky. Wow. C-U-C-K-I-E. I've also heard of cookie. Oh, we're about to get to that. Wow. The American version of cookie is derived from Middle Dutch, the word cookie, which means little cake. Cute. Yeah. Or, in other instances, cokie could mean something much different. Very different that we're not allowed to talk about. I mean, we can, we just shouldn't. Okay. All right, time to get into the history. When was the first cookie documented? I want you to give me a century and a continent. Okay. (laughs) Very broad. Yeah, because, like, I feel like there have been versions of little discs of sweetened dough going back forever um but i'm gonna say for this 1400s europe Ooh, you're kind of right and we're gonna get to like your guess in like a sec but you're right in that some kind of cookie has probably been around since the beginning of baking just because like any kind of crispy flour thing held well on like voyages and a surplus and stuff yeah but the first cookie that was made to like intentionally be sweet was in 700 ad in persia which i think now that's iran yeah that actually makes sense because sugar wasn't really the sugar is more of a new world type of food. Yeah, yeah yeah okay all right uh now when and how do you think cookies made their way to europe you got super close on your last guess Well, probably somewhere in the trade between somewhere in Europe and Persia. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Conveniently, around the time where cookies were first seen in Persia was the time when Spain was being conquered by the Umayyad Caliphate, which is from around Persia. And by the time they left around 1500, they had spread the cookie all across Europe. Where was this information in World Civ 1? It wasn't there, but I learned it in my Islamic art and architecture class two years ago. (laughs) That's a very fun thing to learn in that class. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
when and how did cookies make their way to America? Uh, well, I would say early 1800s. Mm -hmm. Some people were fleeing genocide and brought cookie recipes with them. I don't think there was a genocide in the 1800s. There was. I got some news for you. Wait. About my family. No, that wasn't in the 1800s, though. I got some news for you. <laughs> Another thing we didn't learn in World Civ. <laughs> Regardless, uh, cookies came to America with some of the very first settlers. Again, the Dutch brought them to New York in 1620. They oh, were the Pennsylvania Dutch? Yes, but these were the New York Dutch. Oh. They were called... Oindeland. <laughs> How much coffee have you had today? Only this much. I mean, I'm working on my second cup, but you're like zazzed right now. I'm not even. This is just how I am today. Oh, God. <laughs> they were called cookies. Cookies. That is, that is the pronunciation that I found on YouTube. Uh, they were called cookies until 1703, where the spelling was anglicized to cookies. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving away from the history of cookies, what is the most popular cookie in America, do you think? Chocolate chip. Yes. According to a Toll House poll in 2017, chocolate chip is the most preferred cookie in America. Wait a second. I have some criticisms for their research methods because, of course, Toll House would find that chocolate chip cookies <laughs> are the most popular in America. Like, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't have a chocolate chip company doing this research. Okay, you're right in that they were probably biased, but this is the only data I could find. FDA, you gotta step it up, bro. <laughs> chocolate chip is closely ahead of peanut butter chocolate chip oh man big <laughs> peanut butter teaming up with big chocolate chip here oh my god we'll get into anti-capitalism later keep it in your pants <laughs> here's a fun question when did chocolate chip cookies become a thing i want a decade and nationality of the chefs the chefs were french okay Oh, and I'll give you a hint. The century is the 1900s. Yeah, um, I'm going to say the 1920s. Very close. Okay. Chocolate chip cookies were invented in 1938 by two American chefs named Ruth Graves Wakefield and Sue Brides. So you're they, saying my grandma is older than chocolate chip cookies? It would appear that way, yeah. That's magical. Yeah. They made the cookies by chopping up a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar and mixing it into the dough. Whole house, you say. Then they served the cookie at a restaurant they worked for called... The Toll House. Yeah! <laughs> and then Wakefield ended up selling the recipe, and I think the rights to the name Toll House, to Nestle in exchange for a lifetime supply of chocolate. I don't know. This is the weird Char Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of things going this is on the here. I believe it. I'm just saying that's that's an uncomfortable trade-off because money. Who knows? Wakefield probably died a happy woman. Last question about cookies. This is more of like a brain teaser, I suppose. Okay. How many cookies 
do you think the cookie monster has eaten? Since his inception? Yes. His inception was in 1969. Nice, first of all. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're still making new episodes. How do I know how many he's eaten in all the new episodes that haven't come out yet? Well, how about, like, episodes that have aired up until present? And we are recording this on November 21st. 2020. Cookie Monster has eaten 420 cookies. Okay, so here's the thing. I actually had to do a good bit of math for this one. According to MuppetFandom.com, there was a Netflix series called Furchester Hotel that the Cookie Monster was on. And oh. suppose Yeah, and supposedly the crew had to bake 200 cookies a week for that show for the Cookie Monster to eat. Now, one, the Furchester Hotel does not speak for all the Sesame Street franchise. And two, I'm pretty sure the cookies they use on Sesame Street are just rice crackers painted to look like cookies. However... I don't care, and I don't have time to watch all the Sesame Street episodes. So, if we say that the Cookie Monster eats 200 cookies a week, and the Cookie Monster has been around since 1969, that means that the Cookie Monster has eaten 530,400 cookies. I have a question. Yes. Did you use algebra to come up with that number? No, I used math that I learned in the fourth grade. Oh, okay. I was just checking. That's a lot of cookies. That is an egregious amount of cookies, and I hope he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he did eat broccoli for like a week. Yeah, but he's not the broccoli monster. Exactly. Time for a word from our sponsor. Let me take you back to 2014 for a minute. You're in middle school. You're in your language arts class. The teacher says it's time to work on your essay, so she rolls in the big laptop cart. You know you're not going to do your work on your essay. You know what you're doing. You're going to play cookie clicker for 43 minutes until the bell rings. You did this many times through your middle school career. We all have. But do you ever wonder how many cookies you clicked in total over your cookie clicking career? We're pleased to announce our new app, Cookie Clicker Calculator. Simply open the app, input your name, home address, IP address, and social security number, and instantly the Cookie Clicker Calculator will tell you the millions upon billions of cookies you've racked up. Download Cookie Clicker Calculator on the App Store today. Welcome back. Hey. How many cookies have you clicked? Quite a lot. And actually, I can give a shout out to my brother right now. He's had the same cookie clicker game going for like six years. That is impressive, actually. I don't know what number he's at by now, but it's really high. I want you to ask him how many he's clicked after we're done recording because I'm genuinely curious. Okay. Shout out to Jeffrey. And also my Jeffrey. We both have brothers named Jeffrey. The brothers Jeffrey. <laughs> Shout out to the brothers Jeffrey. <laughs> Let's talk about printer ink. Printer ink. So yeah. expensive. So expensive. We're going to get to that. It's cheaper to just buy a no, new no, no, printer. No, no, no. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. How many ink colors are in a printer? This should be easy. Are we including black as a color or is that separate? Black counts. How many? Okay, yes. Printers use four different colors, CMYK. I would certainly hope if you're under the age of 40, you know that. But could you tell me what CMYK stands for? CMYK. Cyan, Mm -hmm. magenta. Mm -hmm. CMYK. Yellow. Mm -hmm. K for cookie. (laughs) 
Everyone always gets stuck on K. CMYK stands for cyan, magenta, yellow, and key, which oh, is oh right, which is just usually black. Yeah. So why do you think it's called key and not black? Because well, like the the key color. Um, you're pretty much right. Yeah. In the printing industry, there's something called a key plate, which is like the ink applying plate that applies the most detail in a print. It's called the key plate because the three other plates have to be lined up with this plate perfectly in order for the print to come out correctly. And 99% of the time, the color on this plate is black because like, think of all the black text that's everywhere in the world, but it can be swapped out for any dark color, really. Okay. Do you know what RGB is? Red, green, blue. Yeah. And Violet. No, just RGB. Oh. It's only three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red, green, blue. Yeah, you're right. Uh, do you know what the difference between RGB and CMYK is? Well, red, green, blue are secondary to cyan, magenta, yellow. That is right, and I actually didn't include that in this. <laughs> but, oh. So Rachel brings a fun fact to the table today. <laughs> oh, but I'm not sure what you were going for. Well, I guess we have to ask how RGB color works. They get mixed together to make different colors. Uh, okay, so uh, RGB, red, green, blue... Uh, is for showing colors on a screen by oh, using... Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, by using yeah. itty-bitty little streaks of light to trick your eyes into seeing a different color. Yeah. So, for example, if you shine, like, a red streak and a green streak of light, like, super close together and make them super tiny, it tricks your brain into thinking you're seeing yellow. Right. And so, like, the big difference between RGB and CMYK is that RGB is for displaying color on screen, CMYK is for printing. That's why, like, you can see something on a screen that's like, oh, this is a super bright pink. But then you, like, print it out and it's like, oh, this is a weird muddy pink. It's I because... don't know if I've had that experience. Oh, I've had that experience as an art student. Uh, I bet. <laughs> this is mostly me venting my frustrations in this section. Love it. Now, what do you think printer ink is made of? Printer ink it is made of typically... I forget what it, it's because uh, it's expensive. Well, it's artificially expensive. <laughs> We're almost there. Don't worry. Synthetic dyes. Essentially. I mean, there's a few more things in there. Water. Okay. And salt. Um, Possibly. According to printerland.co.uk, Printer ink is made of, quote, varnish, resin, solvents, pigments, and additives such as waxes and lubricants. And, like, what pigments are used will ultimately determine the color of the ink. Yeah. For example, adding carbon will make the ink black, and adding titanium dioxide will make lighter colors. Now, finally, why is printer ink so expensive? The short answer is capitalism. <laughs> uh -huh. They artificially inflate the prices of ink because they know that you have to buy them. There are only a few ink 
people on the market, therefore they control the market, and then it ends up becoming cheaper to just buy a new printer every few months than to replace the color ink cartridges. And there's nothing really that we can do about it. It's just artificially expensive, and that's that. You are mm, like 99.9% correct. Consumer Reports lists a few viable reasons as to why printer ink is considerably more expensive than, like, say, ink you find at a pen. The more understandable reason, I suppose, is because the cost of the, the printer ink pays for the time spent uh, research and developing the perfect ink blend to give one accurate color and two fast drying time. Coming up with good printer ink is apparently like a massive undertaking from an engineering standpoint. And the other capitalist reason is because the printing companies typically sell their printers at a lower price. They lose profit on selling the printers because they trust that you will keep coming back to that company to buy ink. That's like the Easy Bake Oven, where you buy the oven once, but then you're expected to keep buying the pre-made mixes. That's a good way to put it, actually, yeah. Not so fun fact, your printer uses less than half of the ink in the cartridge for actual yes. printing. <laughs> That's one of the things that bothers me so much. Do you know what the rest of it is used for? Like the test printing? Kind of. It's used for cleaning and like, quote unquote, maintenance inside the printer. I see. Which can be test printing, I think. I see. Now, you did say that there's nothing we can do about this. There is actually something you can do about this. We and can that, boycott printing. You could boycott printing or don't buy an inkjet printer, get a laser printer. Expensive. The upfront cost of a laser printer is more expensive than an inkjet printer, but laser printers use dry toner to print, which lasts way longer than ink cartridges. Dry toner does not dry out and they are cheaper for you in the long run. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I did research on this. It's on the internet. Oh, I know it is. I'm just saying you're speaking like a wealthy person with logic. Listen, I don't have money for a laser printer, but if I did, I would get one. Okay, boomer. Fine, that's all I have. Just end the stupid episode already so I can go take a nap. Thank you for listening to Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at Research Rebut or on Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. What is your favorite cookie? Yeah, tell us. What's your favorite cookie? Okay, I have a secret chocolate chip cookie recipe that I will not be sharing with you in the show notes. But tell us, what's your favorite cookie and how much do you spend per month on printer ink? I like sugar cookies. I like chocolate chip cookies. This episode was brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Sponsor us. Please. Hewlett and Packard, sponsor us. I'll send you some cookies. Please. Bye. Okay, bye. This episode was... Uh, sorry. <laughs> you need to lay down. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.